for the uh, tardiness on our episodes, but let's talk about how fucked Christmas and New Year's yeah, is. Yeah, Christmas and, and New Year's, yeah. and then nobody would stop getting sick. It was like right. this rolling tide of everybody in everybody our family just sick. swapping the same yeah. cold back and forth and like mutating it, it slightly. Yeah, we were going to record last week. I had it last week. I got the tummy bug and had my birthday and just New Year's and Christmas and the chaos of all that. We just, yeah, yeah fucking busy. Yep. So. But we're back now, yeah, we're back. and we're here to really liven it up with uh, talking about assisted suicide, right. doctor assisted suicide. I mean, um, I will. We're bound to get to it. Uh, we yeah, it was definitely going to come up. Um, so I will post in the show notes. Uh, suicide is a pretty rough topic. It doesn't really matter that it's you know that we're doing doctor assisted mm-hmm. end of life care kind of theme um i will be putting the suicide hotline you know shit into our show notes if this is stressful or whatever you know please just give it a give it a pass fast forward to the end when we talk about twitter and instagram and yeah how we like to fart yeah so um but you know all serious aside um please if you guys are ever feeling that you need somebody yeah please call the hotline yeah whatever you need to do to like chill yourself out Mm -hmm. You know, just just fucking do it. Like nothing is is worth your life. No. Um, despite some of the shit that I'm gonna say here, but we're talking right. about generally dramatically different situations yes. here. Yes. So I haven't really said a lot about it publicly, but um, my grandfather passed away recently. Um, mm-hmm. he was I think was he like eighty five, eighty seven. Okay. But he had been, you know, kind of going downhill for a little while. He was bedridden for, like, the last five years. Um, It started with, like, a stroke after a, I think, relatively minor surgery, actually. Mm. It was the medication they put him on that that did it. Um, And he was, you know, he's he's a Wethington. He's a motherfucker. Like, he wasn't dying (laughs) that easy. (laughs) I say that with no disrespect. (laughs) Motherfuckers, we don't die. No. but it definitely prompted, like, a lot of conversations between, like, me and my spouse and, like, me and my mom. Um, just about, like, if, if something happens right. 
or like especially as you age and you have your parents mm-hmm. still with you like you kind of do need to have talks about end of life care yes. and like what you want right because things can change very very quickly and i mean we've we've always had this kind of conversation in my family like what would we want to have done with us if we were completely brain dead mm-hmm. do we want to donate organs you know like it was yeah. it was something that was very practically talked about um and same with my family yeah it just we always it was very open-ended on that mm -hmm. and uh i mean my mom always talked about how she wanted to be cremated and sprinkled over uh the grounds of the first taco bell that was built that's so beautiful (laughs) right (laughs) ma'am what are you doing don't worry just put my mom to rest shut up and let my mom have her moment okay (laughs) she worked for taco bell like when they first opened and that's when you had to like be there at 5 Mm a.m because they actually had bags of beans that they cooked that that they had to make and you had to sort through and like get the rocks out wow right it wasn't just like pre-made bags of refried beans that you nuke in a microwave now yeah you clip like the end off and you just like squeeze (laughs) it squeeze it soft serve style into a giant edible two girls one cup that oh god that is the second time that's come up today and i'm i don't want it to be it's never gonna go away ah no it never will it never never will there's we're gonna be telling our grandchildren we're gonna be telling like baby parker when she's born <laughs> like when she's i don't know 17 or something will be drunk on wine i'll be like let me tell you about back in our day a little a little cultural touchstone called two girls one cup back when the internet was david, just a new thing david asked me if i had seen that because i i mentioned it in some context and i was like no why the fuck no i i, I got the description and i was like i think i'm good i think i'm I, good with it i got it sent to me via link not knowing what it was mm-hmm. and i go what's happening uh uh, uh no uh, no don't oh 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 see that's why you need oh. to become a sick-ass pervert as fast as humanly possible right. is that way when somebody sends you some shit and says hey watch this video you're like what is it what is it and you can figure out within five seconds if it's gonna go pear-shaped right. on you or not i just want to know if those girls one had severe pink eye and two had dysentery i don't want to know and i don't want to think about it I don't, I don't, they probably had to move out of the country and change yeah, their names. They're, they're probably underprotective. They, like, d- yeah, just like, that's not really. <laughs> I, anyway, Dr. Sister anyway, suicide. Anyway, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of things uh, that make you want to yearn for the grave. Right. <laughs> so with your grandpa, did, did he have that option at all? Oh, no, 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 no. So this, this is in like, this is rural Alabama. And it was something that opinions on this obviously are going to vary just right. based on cultural or like regional background, like mm-hmm. conservative parts of the country typically are not super great with, um, with anything involving death. Right. Really? Um, yeah. it was, it was just more of a, my mom put it to me this way. She was like, look, I did childbirth without drugs. I'm not dying without drugs. Drug the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Because there is definitely, and I, I experienced this, just Your going mom's a smart lady I like her who your mom smart lady i like her yeah no she yeah. she knows what the fuck's up um and she's also she's you know caretaking both her mother and her father and her grandmother you know like she is yeah. she has been the one there you know caretaking for somebody yeah. during that time so i think she's gotten kind of a beat on like she knows what is acceptable to her and what isn't right you know that's that's what it is the because I, I also, I I don't want to, like, go too, too much into, like, personal right. family history or anything, but I just want to kind of, like, touch on a couple things. Um, 
in places like Alabama or like I felt this way in Ohio, which was mm-hmm. certainly not anything. It didn't involve opiates, but just the attitude towards medication is so wildly different in yeah. more like conservative um, parts of the country. Uh, and you know, when my grandfather is, is going through some of this, probably should have been on a little bit more Xanax and a little bit more morphine a little mm-hmm. bit earlier than he was. But there was that concern about like that, that you don't give somebody those drugs. And that was also, it was up to my grandmother. Like that was, that's between them. Yeah. That's, that's whatever. Um, but it just, it sucks. Cause he mm-hmm. was in fucking pain. Right. He can't move. He can't, you know, he couldn't take care of himself. So it just sucked. Mm-hmm. That's why like, and it's so, personal like it's it's not just an either or conversation Mm -hmm. with doctor assisted suicide or like death with dignity bills is it can vary so much depending on what your background is you know what you're suffering from Mm -hmm. um in a lot of ways i think that if we're gonna come down to black and white i'm like for it right i think that if you are in pain if you are terminal, mm-hmm. I think that you have the right to decide how you would like to go. Absolutely. Because some of the diseases you can die from will make you linger. Like they'll mm-hmm. make you suffer for yeah. a long time. Who um, wants to put themselves through that? No. I, and, and that's, it's so personal, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure there, there's a plenty of people. Um, I didn't read too much into him, but there was a gentleman who was um, very anti like assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and he passed away not that long ago. I think it was probably within early, early in the new year, I think. Like this oh, was, okay. this was either very end of 2017 or tw- end of 2018, but he died at 36. I mean, this guy did, did not, yeah. it's not like he was chugging along for a while and he was very against it, mm. which on one hand, okay, you never know if there's going to be some kind of like new treatment, if there is... Right. You know, once you're dead, you're dead. That is that is mm-hmm. it. That is the end. There are no other solutions or options for you or your family at that point. Yeah. So I can definitely get that. So for pretty much all of the states that have death with dignity laws um, or like physician-assisted mm-hmm. suicide, there's pretty much three main uh, criteria to qualify for it. Yeah. You've been diagnosed by a medical professional mm-hmm. that you're – disease is terminal whatever you're suffering from is terminal um within about six months yeah Um, doesn't that medical professional have to have a certain license as well within their medical profession you know i didn't and see here's i'm not good with medical terms so maybe i read it wrong i would imagine okay i think what it is and this is also what i was sort of learning is that there's some pretty murky like legal language right when it comes down and i mean some of these at least in oregon i think it's been uh two decades since physician assisted suicide was was actually made legal because you've got to figure this isn't just an issue where it involves the person who would like to die and and decide how they would like to die um it also involves like you're asking another human being if not multiple human beings to allow and watch you to die and administer in some cases the dose that kills you so that's not really something that feels great. Um, okay, so within six months, like your disease is terminal, it's incurable. Um, you have to be of a mentally sound um, mm-hmm. state. You have to be able to actually 
like consent, you know, put, put forth your case and be able to carry it forward. Um, and then in one of the bills that they're trying to pass right now in Ohio, there's a Democratic senator named, I believe it's Charlotta, Charlotta B. Tavares, who's um, from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Uh, one of the stipulations in her bill is also that you have to be able to administer it yourself, which means somebody will give you the drugs, but you're the one that has to actually either consume or inject them. I would imagine that it's right. mostly, you know, consuming them. Like yeah. I don't want to fucking deal with an intravenous injection, especially one that I could fuck up. So those are kind of like the three main portions of, and I mostly wanted to talk about just kind of like where it stands right now. Uh, did you read into Jack Vorkian at all? Cause you watched the documentary, didn't you? So the documentary didn't like touch on him too much. It was mm-hmm. more about the people who the documentary that I watched was how to die in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, like, they talked about Kevorkian, but they, gosh, it was such a weird time frame for me as a kid when all that came yeah. about. And so I never kind of really delved into it again. But um, this more focused on the people who actually wanted to make that decision mm-hmm. and the reasoning behind their decision and, like, their struggles and battles and why they chose that. Yeah. Which was a really good documentary. And if you haven't watched it, I would strongly suggest you did. I was telling Leah earlier that this definitely swayed my decision on how I felt about mm-hmm. Dr. Assisted Suicide because yeah, cause how did you, you? you just hear about Jack Kevorkian yeah. as a kid growing up and you hear like the horror stories and things like that. You don't hear this side of it from the people who actually have to make that choice for themselves. And mm-hmm. it was a really nice eye opening way to see it. And I, you know, I, it was sad, but it was also this kind of beautiful thing at the same time, like these these people were able to kind of plan out their end of days and say, okay, I'm going to do this with my family here. And I'm going to be able to say goodbye mm-hmm. to them the way I want to say goodbye to them. Yeah. Instead of it being a painful, sudden, or really awful thing. Mm-hmm. It was, we're going to have a day we're going to spend together as a family. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a day we all remember. It's going to be one of my favorite last days. Yeah. And I'm going to go peacefully. I'm not going to be in pain anymore. And I think that was a really nice side to see to it. And I know there is bad sides to it too, oh, yeah. but don't me, worry. No, I'll cover yeah, it. I know you will. <laughs> but for me, like I only like thought of the yeah. bad and I didn't think of the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was just like, wow, I really wish this was, um, I think Washington was later. It passed later. Yeah. And I don't think it was legal when my grandma was going through her cancer battle, but having to see her go through what she went through on mm-hmm. the day that she died, made me wish that she had that option yeah because she was surrounded by family and that was great Mm -hmm. but she was in a lot of pain and it was ours wasn't it um yeah i mean she basically passed away the same day that my grandpa took her to the hospital Uh but um like they weren't giving her enough morphine yeah you know Mm -hmm. and things like that they weren't making her comfortable knowing that basically she was gonna die yeah and i'm you know 17 years old just wanting like i got to say goodbye to her and that was great and that Mm -hmm. was a beautiful moment but i would have loved for her to just be comfortable yeah and i I, it's also with the pain management sometimes too um i i think it is better on the west coast yeah but some of the, the places that i've been and lived um folks are very sparing yeah. with those with those kind of opiates right. which those opiates are for people going through end of life care i mean it is to make you comfortable and take right. your pain away so one of the women who worked with senator tavares who's the one that uh 
is working on the death with dignity bill in Ohio. There's a woman that helped her wrote it who was a nurse, Lisa Virgil Shatner. Um, her uh, stepfather, who is a native Oregonian, like this is an Oregon family. Um, her stepfather was dying of bone marrow cancer, and he was over 70. I think he was about 74 or so. But okay. I mean, when your bone marrow gets bad, right. that's bad shit. It's that's not good. very, very bad. And especially when you're 74, it's mm-hmm. sort of like, all right. Um, but he threw a big sort of end of life party and just like let all of the family members know, mm-hmm. like, this is a great time for you. Let's all just come and, and celebrate and see each other. And, you know, I, I can I can be with you. I can right. be myself around yeah. you. Um, and then, you know, as, as the disease pro- progressed, and I think it was a matter of months, but he took a cocktail of barbiturates laced with, um, in peach juice. Okay. And it was 11 minutes and he passed away. And yeah. it was, it was very, as she described it, it was like, he had control over an under uncontrollable situation. Mm-hmm. There was a measure of decision-making that he could have, yeah. which I think is the ideal situation. Now, here's where things get mm. pretty fucking weird. So I'm going to hazard a guess that a lot of the people who listen to our show are generally pretty uh, aware of and think of death. You know, it's not mm-hmm. something that we're trying to avoid because we've talked about on the show before right. how like Americans especially try to avoid death. Exactly. We try to put it away somewhere where it's not seen and that really doesn't do it anything. It all goes behind that curtain. It's all a big fantasy wonderland. Yeah. Um, which I think is really in general unhealthy for everybody, mm-hmm. the dying and the living alike. Um, so there is a Swedish investigative journalist named Julian Stahl. Um, Sweden has started looking into uh, death with dignity, assisted okay. suicide for terminal patients, um, legislature in their own country. So he came over here and started doing some digging and was he was asking questions of, uh, let's see, he was talking to a dude named, his name is Fabian Stahl. Uh, so Fabian Stahl was emailing with Craig New, who's a research analyst uh, for the Oregon Health Authority. Um, inquiring as to like the specific language of our state's right to die bills. Um, and there's some shit in there that's a little bit chilling. Okay. So Sweden, Mm -hmm. we all know has a functioning healthcare system. They tend to be, and, and this is cultural. Like Sweden has always, a lot of Scandinavian countries have a very particular idea about how people function in society and their value is there. I feel like there's a value to. I'm I'm just gonna say Sweden because it's the one that I'm mm-hmm. the most familiar with. There's a value to um, people in Swedish society that is placed at a bit of a higher level than I would say Americans have in general. I would agree with that. In the U.S., if you um, would like to live in a house that has a solid roof Mm -hmm. and have some decent nutritious meals and a reasonable standard of living, you need to fucking back that shit up in American society. Like you need to prove that you don't deserve to live. America's like, if you can't pay, then no way. If you're poor, it's a character flaw. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Sweden has, uh, and a lot of Scandinavian countries have a different, um, idea about that kind of thing, which I think has been in like just the regional, just the consciousness of the people that have lived in that area. I, I think it's cultural. Like, 
I can't. Uh, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I know. Well, I can't remember the uh, the name of it offhand. I think it's uh, Lagrum, but mm. it doesn't have like a direct translation. But um, it more or less translates to like not too much, not too little, just enough. Right. We don't really have that yeah. in the U.S. Like, no. but that is something that has been in Scandinavian consciousness for a long time, and especially like in in Swedish, the country of Sweden. You know, like that's yeah. that's just how things are perceived. So this poor fucking Swede comes over here and starts asking <laughs> us how we do things. And on, on one hand, it's like, great, ask the questions. I think it's really valuable to have mm-hmm. outsiders from anywhere ask about things because they're seeing it from a different perspective. But he um, was inquiring as to like, how ironclad are these rules of like six months? What does incurable mean? What does untreatable mean? Right. Um, you know, who does and doesn't qualify? <laughs> for this and one of the things that i found particularly chilling and this uh went along with a god i can't remember i didn't write my source down but it was a a recent article i think maybe in oregon live uh that was about diabetic patients Mm. being um eligible for assisted suicide interesting which diabetes very nasty can kill the shit out of you true absolutely will but it is treatable it is it's a lifelong disease but it it is a treatable disease we know how to treat that now but it's still very expensive Mm -hmm. so one of the things that uh had asked was you know when he was asking what the term incurable or you know untreatable means he said and I'm, i'm quoting this directly Uh, I think you could also argue that even if the treatment and medication could actually cure the disease and the patient cannot pay for the treatment, then the disease remains incurable. So that right there is a pretty big fucking loophole. Right. And taken along with how bad the American healthcare system Mm -hmm. is and how uh, there was an article. How bad it's going to be. And (laughs) uh, it's not getting better. It's not getting better. Um, There was a, a... piece on the nib which is kind of like a uh, cartoonist journalist like website um somebody was writing about their friend who was a cartoonist who had to keep crowdfunding for his diabetes medication for his insulin and he wasn't getting it regularly and he died from complications of diabetes so that that's a major issue yeah a disease is incurable if you can't pursue the treatment exactly that's available Right. And there's been a lot of um, work by disability activists. There's a group called Not Dead Yet um, that makes the very, very valid point that a lot of times people can be sort of pushed into it because they mm-hmm. don't want to be a burden. Right. The the financial terror mm-hmm. of Isn't medical bankruptcy. Like HIV? Oh, oh yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, HIV. You can mm-hmm. live for a long time yeah. with HIV before it with progresses to age. But that's very expensive medication. Yeah. And you also have to figure, like, access. Like, there are a lot of marginalized people that cannot get any care. That's very true. So it it essentially was, like, one person phrased it this way, and I don't think it's being overdramatic, is that it's, like, it's cheaper for you to die. Right. Why don't you die and then you can ease being a burden on society? Jeez. And that's... That's that's fucking tough. In the U.S., yeah, that is a really, really big possibility. Mm. It seems so dystopian, but right. I think we're working our way up to some of that uh, stuff. You know, it's so funny because when we started watching um, 
You watch Black Mirror? Handmaiden's Tale. Handmaiden's Tale. Yeah. But I need to watch it. It's cheerful. But everything in that was just like, oh my gosh, this could be us within the next five to 10 years. And I don't like how that's panning out. Yeah. I don't. And I I don't like how we can't, we can't get affordable healthcare here. We can't. Yeah. You literally, one, have to work your ass off and then pay up the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Even if your employer, like I am right now, your employer provides health care, but they can't, like, I see it firsthand. Yeah. My employer cannot find a good, like, system mm-hmm. or benefit because we're such kind of like a baby company, quote unquote. Oh, yeah. And we didn't have enough employees at one point to qualify for them to yeah. get a discount for healthcare for our workers. Yeah. But they're required by law to provide to that provide it. Yeah. And it's, it's like there, there isn't, there's just not the fucking money. Like nobody, it, it is benefiting only a few people. And I mean, I've, I've spoken several times about my um, somewhat adversarial relationship with the medical community. Um, if yeah. you don't have a shitload of money, go fuck yourself. Right. Like good luck. I mean, David, I have insurance through David with his work and he does not have like, he's not working at a baby company. He's working in a major conglomerate. Mm -hmm. Um, even then when we go to the doctor, sometimes our insurance is not good. No, the amount of, the first time that I saw one of the copays for going to see a doctor, I wanted to throw up. Well, and I, I hate that we have just us as a society. And I feel like this is all across America is we fear going to the doctor because of the cost. Mm -hmm. We don't fear going to the doctor and like what might happen to us or what we need to get treated. It's always money first. Like I can't afford to Mm -hmm. go to the doctor. Preventative care. Preventative care is just not done in the U S it's, it's almost, it is something that is so, it's so ludicrously out of reach for most of us. We could be a healthy society. We could be a healthy people. If we had the access to do the things that we need to do to take care of ourselves and not have to pay and overwork ourselves to try and afford that, Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. If there was some sort of basic standard of care, but in this, and this was what sort of was fucking me up when I was doing my research today is it's like, you know, you've got a Swede looking into this, which he absolutely should. Yeah. Like, you you look at the way other people have done things if you want to try it yourself, and yeah. you see where they fail and where they succeed. I still firmly believe in, like, death with dignity acts. I think that at their foundation, I think that that is a value. I think right. that it's kind, and I think that it's humane. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't have certain ironclad language... Right. Then you end up sort of slowly sliding down where it's like, well, if you have di- diabetes, you qualify. Right. Well, if you, I have chronic pain. Do you qualify? I, that's the thing. Right. That's the thing. But it's it's chronic pain that you could manage. Had oh, you oh, no, had I can't pain, manage right? it. No, it sucks. It sucks right. so hard. I cannot fucking manage this shit. But if you could afford, like, better <coughs> medication or, you know what I mean, like... If there is a way for you if, to get better health care for yourself to help manage your pain, besides yeah. going the route of assisted suicide, mm-hmm. I mean, why why shouldn't we all be able to have that? Well, and it comes down to, like, the fundamentally American attitude mm-hmm. of what did you do to earn this? Right. There is no basic right to life and quality of life. No. That doesn't, nope. that really almost doesn't exist it's, it's in American society. Unless you're a cash cow. Yeah. Then we're not going to help you. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
it's it's like that fucking <clears throat> asshole guy who was it HIV medication that he decided to like oh Martin Shkreli yeah. where he jacked the price yeah. to I think it was like it, a thousand percent or something yeah. like that I mean he it, didn't just ridiculous. double it yeah. just because he fucking could yeah because he said it was good business right that right there mm-hmm. is a big ass American attitude I always say like I know we have troubles with our administration right now but I feel like the the big number one for me is mm-hmm. big pharma yeah. in in America that is our number one real bad problem that we need to fix and we need to deter and we need to find a better solution mm-hmm. for because they are just making money off the American people <laughs> and it's it's such a huge margin too huge like I, I know researching drugs is difficult and complicated mm-hmm. and it takes money and time and yeah. manpower I respect okay. That. Okay. Totally. But when you take something like an HIV medication mm-hmm. and you jack the price, n- not not even double. Right. I mean, when you jack 1, it. 1,000%. That degree? Come on. You don't need it. You don't need it. Especially. You don't need that much money. You're already living you in a know, way better like You know how to make it. And if you know yeah. you can manufacture it in a way where it's cost effective, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Or subsidize. It's just, it's, it's also... And this is where some of the disability stuff comes in. And I, I've talked with friends about this before is like, I, I can't really hold certain types of jobs. Yeah. A, a lot of them are really difficult right. to me and I do my best. And I'm mostly lying through my teeth the entire time mm-hmm. because I don't have something that's diagnosed. It's probably fibromyalgia, but fuck if I know. Right. Um, like it's, it's that if you can't function within the way that most of society is set up, you're garbage. You can right. be thrown away. And it's, I have to remind myself pretty frequently and all of my other friends who are disabled have said this too, whether d- d- doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. If there's something that you deal with chronically that imp- impacts your life and your ability to consistently do things, mm-hmm. um, you have to kind of wake up, look at yourself in the morning, in the mirror every morning and be like, you're not worthless. You do have things to contribute. Right. You're just going to have to figure out a different way to do it. Mm-hmm. And that is, is not really something that people get told, no. you know, or, or accepted. Well, and what pisses me off is there are so many people that have to do that, mm-hmm. that have to go on their day-to-day lives through pain and hide it and basically try to make themselves not feel worthless, which yeah. is fucked up. It's super fucked up. I mean, we're, well, you go from something small like a paper cut to like something like fibromyalgia and this like margin where shit could be manageable. And mm-hmm. We can help you and make you feel better so you can go about your day to day life and just live like a normal human being. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't you have the opportunity to do that? And it's, it's a lot of it's very, very easy. And I, I find my I think it's impossible to not sometimes look at another person and be like, well, if you just did X, you'd be fine. Right. Um. Slight side note, please, if somebody mentions having any kind of chronic issue, please don't mention uh, diet, vitamins, and exercise. Like, we already know. <laughs> We've covered that. Do you want to go exercise? About yeah, that? we're going to yeah. go do crunches after really this, right? Body. Um, it's like, if you can, if you take the time to, I think, work with people, mm-hmm. then you can generally find some solutions. Right. Um, and but you also have to have people who are willing to help you mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to get help in those situations it, it, it's first of all embarrassing to ask right um there's there's nothing quite like being at the mercy of another person when you're really fucked up mm-hmm. 
and knowing that they could say no and walk away and that it has happened before. Right. Um, that's, that's a pretty terrifying thing to deal with. So you put all of that societal pressure and the, the psychological toll on top of somebody and you can get a barbiturate cocktail mm-hmm. if, if things, right. I mean, if the fact that a diabetic could be, that's insane, could, could be eligible for it actually kind of terrifies me a little bit because I don't see that. Like the only, the I only don't see that sled stopping before it reaches the edge of the hill right. and just goes and sailing I, right I off I feel like it would be only for someone who's diabetic and has not taken care of themselves and, you know, yeah. is missing a limb and it just in pain every day. But that's... If you're in your fucking 80s, right. if you're 88 and, you, right. and you've just been dealing with, like, whatever type of diabetes, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I don't care if you ate nothing but cheeseburgers, I don't care if it was, like, juvenile right. diabetes, I don't give a shit. If you're that age and, like, fine, it's just wearing on you so much... If you, you should maybe get to have a decision, but one of the other things is it's like, what is it like with the caregiver, you know, Mm -hmm. for somebody who's, who's terminally ill or extremely chronically ill is bedridden is in a wheelchair is elderly. If their caretaker is just slowly, you know, leaning on them to shuffle off the mortal coil, then And one of the points that was made was it's like, you're not exactly, the only disease you really have is being old and not having a lot of wealth. Yeah. Like, that's a big, big but, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I really, really, really firmly believe that that kind of option should be on the books and should be legislated. Yeah. But one of the other things is that they're having some difficulty, um, like like researchers and investigators are having a little bit of difficulty getting really hard numbers, really hard facts, mm-hmm. because the, I believe the physician, because obviously you have to have a physician sign off on yeah. it, getting barbiturates like that in a correct dose that won't either make things worse or not work is pretty difficult to do. Um, it's that after about a year, um, the records are destroyed. So people don't know exactly what the drugs are. They don't know the name of the physician that uh, prescribed them. And also the cause of death lifted, listed on the death certificate is, I believe, generally just like respiratory, respiratory failure or, like, or you know, like, uh, like heart failure. Right. I mean, b- basically just right. somebody passed away because their organs stopped, stopped working, yeah. which is what those drugs do. So fine, I mean... That, that is, okay, that is the cause of death. But I think that if you have taken a shitload of drugs to make the respiratory right. failure happen, it maybe should be remarked on in a court document. Yeah. And that just goes into protecting also a physician that is, right. is comfortable enough to prescribe that. Well, and it could even say, you like, know? assisted on, on it, too. Or, like, requ- if there's a formal document, something yeah. that's notarized. But, right. I mean, again, I, I think that the three main criteria is like you're not eligible for it until you're like over the age of 70 and that's me lowballing that number i think right. it should be pretty much like 75 or 80 i'm not a legislator and i'm not a medical mm-hmm. professional obviously but you know you you've been given a terminal diagnosis you're that age and you've got you know a metastasized cancer or one one of the other myriad horrible things that your body can do to you and kill you slowly. 
I think that at, at a point you get to make your own choice. Yeah. Three. But our culture along with the, I mean, healthcare crisis pretty much, like yeah. that, add, put something that I think is generally good along with those things and you can see where like, we kind of have a bit of a, a issue in terms of like legalese that maybe should be cleared up. I remember, and it wasn't that long ago. Do you remember Brittany Maynard? That sounds familiar. She, what is it? She came to Oregon. Mm -hmm. um, she got, I believe she got diagnosed with, um, uh, I believe it was a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. She she was 29 when she got diagnosed. Lived yeah. in San Francisco or uh, California didn't have their thing yet. Yeah. And so she moved her family up here so she could have, you know, a better end of life option. Yeah. Um, I just remember going on the pages and seeing people wish her well, but then there were just people that were just so mean mm -hmm. and basically saying how it was against God for her to kill oh herself my God. and everything. Let and God deal with right. it. Just let let him take whatever, it. Yeah. Whatever is happening is between her and God, yeah. not you. Yeah. It's not your fucking life. You're not her supervisor. Um, but she she brought her family up here. She yeah. had a small daughter. She wanted to be able to spend time with her daughter mm -hmm. and have a really good end of days because she was terminally ill. Like, yeah. there was no option for her. The tumor that was in her brain was so big that they if they removed it, she, she would not have a brain yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was just wrapped too tightly around everything that was absolutely. vital. Absolutely. Um, and she, she did, she passed away peacefully, you know, she was surrounded by family and everything like that, but just the, the stigma that was around some of it, I just felt so bad for her, her mm -hmm. family, her husband got some of the brute end of it because he was supporting her, his wife's decision yeah. and it shouldn't have to be like that at all. Yeah. It, it should, it should be your choice. You should not be coaxed into it. If it's something where there is no other option for you, yeah, then yeah, fucking do it. Like, go have a great time with your family and be at peace. Yeah, but the god, the fucking diabetes thing is insane. That, that, uh, yeah, that was that was where because I started uh, I started looking into some of this stuff and then was I, I was finding articles and you know editorials that were were against it and were not yeah. just you can't just say God doesn't like it. I, I need more. Right. Like, right. Because I, I was reading something by, um, I believe he was, he was a father. He was, he's a Catholic priest, but he was, he was talking about, you know, elderly and disabled and impoverished people and how uh, bills like this can affect and impact them. Yeah. Now that's backing your shit up. That makes yeah. sense to me. I, like you got me. Um, and I, I mean, we should always be considering morality when it comes to like yeah. terminating stuff. Like I am 100% pro-choice yeah um and that includes late term right because i i think people are sort of over <laughs> it shouldn't I be like your easy way out it, it should have some sort of but see process or backing up. there should be a good substantial reason for why this is happening but, but and why you want to do that yeah and uh, the thing is, is especially with the late term stuff if you look at like the numbers, the anecdote, uh, most of those women either wanted those children. Something mm -hmm. happened. Something yeah. happened. Yeah. Women aren't generally like, oh yes, I'm seven months into a pregnancy. Please evacuate. Right. Like that doesn't no. really happen. No. Um, Mostly when you're at that point and you don't want the kid, you give it up for adoption. Yeah. Like you've, you've already done your time. Yeah. But there are diseases that. Or, or you're, yeah. I mean, really fucked up shit can happen. Yeah. And I, I think 
people don't don't really look into that. No. But I understood. <laughs> I understood the squeamishness. Yeah. About late term abortion. I have squeamish, yeah. squeamishness I mean, about it. I you're just saying late-term abortion is... Abortion is, is yeah. Like, oh, ugh. Like, mm, how, how late are we... T- you know, like, it's... But look at the circumstances first before... Yeah. You, you impasse And I've never someone, been in that know? position. Yeah. I've never been in that position. I don't really get to just broadly condemn mm. something like that. I always think that, like, ethics and morals should be taken into consideration. Right. But they're really not right now anyway, which is why a diabetic could qualify for... Physician-assisted suicide. So crazy to me. My my friend Jessica, who's in my wedding. We all know a diabetic. She's, she's diabetic. Like, we all know I like twelve imagine. diabetics. It's common. It's right. really common. Right. And she's she manages it. Yeah. She manages it with insulin, diet, and exercise. Yeah. There you are again, you fucking dick. And you know, just yeah, she does it that way. But I couldn't imagine her not being able to have health health care for mm-hmm. that. Because she has to have insulin. Oh yeah, every time she have eats, you, she has to have insulin. Dude, I want to have um my girl Cat on the show. She's a an ER nurse, but yeah. when she was when she was studying, she was just like, because you know you need insulin. Yeah, like you need insulin to fu- to be able to process things you put in your body. But I mean, she was she had been reading about what life was like before insulin was available. Before you think mm, you know you God, could give yeah. it to people. Um, and that's, that's a, first of all, a bad death. It's fast death. I mean, it's nasty, nasty, nasty shit. So yeah, that's all I hear is your husband hitting the bong too hard in the other room. I know. <laughs> He's watching the Overwatch. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I am all for it. I'm all for it in the right circumstance. Yeah. And I want, it has to be that person's choice. I don't want them coerced into anything. Like, yeah. If that's what they want, then that's their fucking business and not mine. And if it's a family member, if it's a friend of mine, I'm going to support that yeah. decision. I'm going to make sure that that person is actually wanting what they want. If, you know, if one of our friends were like, I'm going to choose this. I mean, like, is this what you want? Mm-hmm. Just make sure that that's what you want. And I'm behind you 100%. And there's but also... <clears throat> the legality of, of it all is... Yeah. It's a big, big book to make. And it, it, it really does come down to language. I mean, like, you, yep. anything in a court of law, it's sort of like, how, how much can you fuck the language into right. a shape that you want? Um, and I was reading about a couple of other cases. There was one recently in Utah. This dude... And these are some fucking names. I gotta look at this. <laughs> These are some Mormon ass names. So, okay. So this dude who is, uh, an 18 year old neckbeard uh, named Tyrell. Well, this is Polish. Uh, (laughs) Prisbysian. Okay. Um, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, this was in, uh, May of 2017. He assisted Jachandra Brown, who was 16 helped her hang herself Mm. as in he made the noose he put it up in the tree he got her the pedestal to stand on and and then he filmed it he filmed it for like 10 minutes and his lawyers are trying to to put it under like an assisted suit like drop it to manslaughter that's like the girl that was texting her boyfriend yeah recently and she just got tried you you pushed someone into that you pushed someone into that that's not and that's it's was she sick I she, think was she was depressed. she was extremely yeah yeah That's, she she wanted to die she was suicidal right so 
there's also this issue where it's like, okay, so where, where, what, where are we drawing the line between someone who's suicidal and wants to take their own life and somebody who does want to take their life, but it's, it's, I almost don't regard that as suicide. No. That, that is you being ill and deciding how it's going to go. Right. But you, and I mean, I brought this up earlier. There's that question of like, well, when have you really exhausted your options? Fair, fair deuce on that one. I mean, but when you're fucking, medicine, when you're 16, when you're 16, yeah, come on. I mean, even the Didn't the 30 year old woman with a brain tumor, and I I had a contemporary of mine like passed away a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and she she had had cancer in her eye. They removed the eye, and then she started having seizures, and she had a, it was a melanoma, a type of melanoma, oh, geez, yeah. um, that it metastasized very quickly, and it was it was in her brain, it was in her liver, it was I think. It, it right. really spread. Why would you want to be in pain for that? But here's the other thing is that while this was a terminal diagnosis, I think she lived for probably a good two or three years oh, wow. after finding out how badly it had, ha- after Jesus. realizing how badly it had metastasized. Um, she still lived for a while and yeah. was with her children. Right. So, and I, I don't, I'm not privy to like what her particular, you know, an end of life care was like, but so there was that and she was in pain it was very painful but she still they couldn't figure out why the fuck she was living for as long as she was because she really (laughs) she was full of fucking tumors um but she said she was like i'd rather be a medical mystery and alive than you know a medical known and dead and that's your prerogative exactly that's your choice but you know but let's imagine her in a different family situation where maybe she has a shitty partner. She has a caregiver that's yeah. not being supportive. That is just kind of like, well, maybe. Mm-hmm. So there is always that. Yeah. But, you know, she she was young. I'm 33 now. I think she's maybe a few years older than me. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, some of these cases, it's... And there, there was a Japanese case, a dude named uh, Takahiro Shirashi. Uh, it was a 27-year-old um, from pl- a place called Zama, which is, like, it's kind of a neighborhood of Tokyo. It's, like, southwest of Tokyo. Okay. Um, but he was meeting up, he was meeting women on Twitter who <coughs> had expressed wanting to commit suicide but didn't want to die alone. So he was making suicide packs with these women. But he's just a serial killer. Oh. Um, they found, like, nine bodies dismembered in his studio apartment. Oh, that's just fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. Um, it was it was one man and eight women that they found in his apartment. Yeah. So you, you had somebody preying on that. There was yeah. also... Um, That's so cool. I don't know if you saw this online, but there's a, there's a place named... Uh, I always have to, like, process the syllables in my brain so that I don't mispronounce <laughs> things. Um, Aokikahara okay. Forest. It's also... It's nicknamed the, the suicide. suicide Forest. Yeah. Um, which it's at the base of Mount Fuji and it's, it's got a really long history of people would abandon their elders or like the infirm there because they couldn't afford to take care of them. And then it really had become, um, a place that people would go to die because there's no, you really can't access any GPS. Yeah. It's extremely, people say that you step off that path, you can't hear anything. Um, I was reading a, a thread from somebody who, uh, had worked at, a suicide present prevention center they have these places along the path yeah 
um, that are there to like provide support. They do send people out into the woods to either, either they'll find remains and, you know, make sure that there's a notification. They also provide things like, uh, you know, like ribbon or tape so that you people would take it off the trail because you can also get lost there really yeah. easy. Like I said, because of the uh, the magnetic ore and shit yeah. at the base of Mount Fuji, th- the GPS. Well, it's a really work. dense forest. It's too. extremely dense. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very 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 unnavigable. Well, a YouTuber just got in trouble. Oh, he was a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't know. It, that that's what I was going to ask was if you were following. His name is like Logan Paul. I don't Paul. follow him, but I watched part of the video that he just had when he was in Japan. Oh, he's a piece of shit. He was completely disrespectful yeah. to everyone that he came across mm-hmm. trying to get a laugh on his YouTube channel. And I'm like, you know, I'm one for shitty shit and laugh at it. Like I will fucking laugh. Do that in this country. Do that here. Joke. Yeah. But don't go to another country and disrespect the people that are there. The yeah. people who are working and are helping you and doing their day to day job. Like, fuck you. Yeah. He was just a disruptive racist piece of shit. Yeah. And then it, if you're then, not you know, up on apology, this, I'm like, you know what? No, suck you my dick. You knew exactly what yeah. you were fucking doing. He, he monetized that apology too. He got, yeah. you know, paid for, for views and shit. Yeah. So, Ugh. <clears throat> if you were not up on it, this uh this Logan Paul little chode um went out to Aokigahara with a video camera and some friends wearing a really st- I mean he he, he it treated like a it Pokemon costume or something. It was like Yoda, was Yoda hat. Video. I don't know. Yeah. It was I I was I was so embarrassed. Yeah. I was embarrassed to be American. I was embarrassed to be a white. I was just like yeah. why? Um I but, get embarrassed by being a white American a lot these yeah, days. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Of, I'm like, oh, shit, God, you're I'm, really... I'm just going to hide. You're not I'm doing anything. You'd be mad, and I'm going to support your madness, because those guys are fucking mad. Yeah, like, he, go over here. like that asshole I'm just perpetuated, all. like, the legacy of, like, horrifying whiteness, like, to mm-hmm. a degree that I, I just, I, I don't even know what yeah, to do bad. with these people sometimes. But, um... Yeah, he uh, they had come across someone who had hung themselves in the forest, and he filmed the body, and he was it was a very br- it's not fucking funny. And Japan, no, what like, in your fucking mind thinks that you would anywhere think that it would in be any okay. country in any country in any country, yeah. and but, especially in like Japan knows like they've always had they have an issue with suicide. It's it's yeah. very common. It's very prevalent. But they also have more respect for death than they're dead. I think that they have less of a, I th- they have less of a, like, let's shut this away. Right. They don't have a big curtain a, like we do. Yeah. It's they they don't have the American have a curtain. sheer nice screen. Yes. <laughs> but, and, and also, this also goes down to like one of those, those things that I think sort of get built into a culture or a group of people mm-hmm. very early. It's sort of like the, the way that Swedes behave with their yeah. society, with their people. And it's also that, you know, suicide was accepted in certain situations in Japanese culture. So then that just sort of carried over into the modern day, you know, and it, it comes from like when there's an economic downturn, they see a lot, they see a big uptick in deaths in Aokigahara. Um, What is the, uh, and they, they try to talk people out of it, but they know like they can't, you cannot stop someone from taking their own life. And the fact that they have suicide prevention centers in the forest. They work very, very hard. kind of amazing. They work very hard to try to, (laughs) to try to prevent it. But they, they, if someone is going to go out and take a cocktail of drugs in the woods and either die from exposure or the overdose or hang themselves, they, they have more hope for people who take the tape with them and like basically have like a path because it's, 
a lot of times, sometimes those people will change their minds and they'll come back. Right. People that go in with, with no, with no food, with no sleeping, with nothing. When, if they just walk in themselves with yeah. no bag, then they're like, we're going to lose this one. But they try so hard. Um, what is the, it's, I think it was like the samurai. Uh, seppuku. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was like the ritual yeah. suicide, which actually, actually at some point I'd like to cover some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I always found it intriguing. Yeah. It, and it, it was, it, it was a socially sanctioned thing. Right. It was what was expected if you were of a certain social class And if you to think do. about it too, it's pretty, still pretty painful and gory. Oh, that one do, was that one compared was to what you nasty. could do. You have offered now by like taking the mm. taking the drugs and yeah. just falling asleep. Well, easily. and also you've got to figure like nobody, nobody's fucking committing seppuku anymore. You know, like there's that that society is is finished with yes. that. Um, because that was uh, that was also the pageantry of it. I mean, it was, yeah. it's 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 like I don't know public beheadings and yeah. you know Tudor right. England. I mean, everybody had their fucking shit. But it was still, it's like just that one little piece sort of like carried over just enough Mm -hmm. to make Japanese society have like a bit more of a problem with it. I was also, I didn't get to look into this all that much, but um, Hungary apparently has a really high suicide rate. Interesting. Did not know that. No, I didn't know that either. And I I didn't get to look into it that much. It was sort of something that I like found towards the end of the day. Um. So, yeah, it's it. And anytime that you talk about suicide, about like ending your own life, whether it is really, truly voluntary or whether it's like you've been you've been pushed so far that it seems like there is no choice and there is no way out and you're a burden to everybody like. And and then you also add on like, you know, the curtain that Americans hang between death and living and not wanting to look at some of those things realistically and practically. And shit can go really bad. Exactly. So. I mean. There's options for everybody. And I think. Yeah. Whatever you decide to do with your life. Hopefully you're not coerced into your decision. It's a decision that you make. For yeah. you. Well and you can and also. And else. And you. I, I think that the way that um, Craig New phrased it is it's almost all you need to say is it's like, if you can't afford the treatment, then it's not treatable and it's not curable. Yeah. And it's a terminal illness at that point. And that's, and that's why a lot of like either that's why a lot of just, just somebody taking their own life in general happens is Mm -hmm. that they're like, I don't have a choice. There is literally nothing I can do to rectify this situation and live with anything resembling quality or dignity. If I don't take my life, you know, so anyway, Kayla, well, where can you find us um, online? <laughs> first things first is just to put it out there, and we'll put it on our um, page. Did you find the, the number? Is the suicide prevention hotline. It is nationwide. It's 24-7. It is 1-800-273-8255. So 1-800-273-8255. If you feel that you need someone to talk to, call the hotline. If you know someone that needs someone to talk to and they don't want to talk to you, give them the number. Um Nobody should ever feel shame in having to call that number. It is there for a good reason. Yeah. And, um, you know. And there's also. Well, this 2017 was the year of like healing for me because I mm-hmm. started going to therapy the first time ever in my life. And 
it was changing for me and mm-hmm. it helped me a lot. And I am now just an advocate for it. Like you have to have that outlet. You like th- this, uh, you and I talking is an outlet for us, Yeah. but you also have to have that outlet where you have someone that is so far removed from your social circle, your friendship circle, and is just there to listen to you. It is and literally their so, job and they are yeah, only there for right. you. And it's so important to have that. And I did not realize that until this last year. And yeah. I'm so thankful for that. So Go and get help if you need it. If not, you know, watch fucking kitten videos on YouTube and make yourself feel feel better. Yeah, like any any mental health support that you can get, whatever. As I sniff my aromatherapy. Yeah, what like whatever. If you need to jam a decorative owl into your nose, like chill (laughs) out. I I fucking listen to my goddamn burbling stream meditation tapes. I have had to learn to be a little bit more forgiving with myself, which is extremely difficult. It's hard because especially talking about like suicide and stuff like this, I've looked into how to do like, I've, I have made plans. Yeah. I have definitely had periods of intense desire to end my own life. Um, and I don't have a brain tumor. So yeah. Uh, but ugly depression rearing its head every once in a while. And well, and part of the reason that I do this, we do this show is that, that curtain can't be there no. because a curtain isn't like a giant brick wall. You can still hear and kind of see what's going on behind it. And that's almost worse. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, this was kind of a downer, but almost all of our it's shows all are right. downer. <laughs> Downers. Um, happy new year. Happy new year, you guys. <laughs> um, to all of you that are still listening. Thank you. We love you. And we have some cool shit planned for 2018. So yeah. Stay tuned. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at See Also Pod for both of those guys. Give us a like, comment, um, rate and review. Shoot us a fucking meme or a gif. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you know, kittens shooting lasers out of their eyes. We just fun like shit. hanging so. out. Um, real quick, uh, I have started my twelve-month um, short story project. The first short story, Who Carries It, is actually uh, based off of scapegoating rituals. Um, I was inspired to write it when we were doing our show about that. Um, So that is available on Gumroad. Uh, I have another short story that I'm working on that's up there. But if you go to Gumroad, and I'll flog this (laughs) on uh, the the show Twitter page, um, the first one is up as a pay-what-you-want PDF, which means that you can pay for it or not pay for it. You can pay me a dollar. You can pay me $20, which was a little crazy when I saw somebody did that. (laughs) Uh, But I really... I really appreciate it. I thought about you all week because uh, we had a guest in our Airbnb who uh, is a writer. Oh, really? And he's a travel writer, blog writer. And he basically works off of what people pay him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he just got picked up by, oh, I'd have to, I have to figure out what it was because yeah. he threw a lot at me, but he also has Asperger's. And so he was a little awkward for the first part of it, but super nice guy. Yeah. And then once he told me he had Asperger's, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes You're so like, much oh, there sense. Yeah. Um, but he gave me l- all the links to some of his writing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And some Irish, um, travel blog picked up one of his his things oh and good paid him some money so making that paper yeah it's kind of cool he gave us some good tips on traveling too so oh nice and then on an up note we might be going to ireland soon Dope. <laughs> all right well thank you guys hey thank you guys um happy 2018 yeah let's kick this year's ass yeah don't take no uh, shit let's get a new present that by 2019 how about that <laughs> goals <laughs>